What is up, guys? Welcome to In The Zone. I'm your host, Garrison Roy. And today, we're going to get into a little bit of a, a topic that, you know, I think might be a little over overemphasized. Maybe connecting dots where dots aren't really connected. Infersternal angles, right? Um, but before we get into that... Obviously, email any questions or any other topics that you guys want to hear at End of Zone Podcast 123 at gmail.com or shoot me a DM on any of my socials. Um, and of course, share the show if you agree or even disagree. You know, this is why I'm doing this. I want to have these conversations, have these topics. And, you know, I may not always be right, but I'm here to, you know, just express my opinion and also, you know, I want to hear what other people have to say. And if I learn from it, that's great. Um, and of course, you know, as you share the show, I'm not going to be putting any ads on here because I want to get feedback from you guys is pretty much how many shares, how many listens, how many downloads I get will depict on how this show steers and what I going for. Right. So this will be kind of more of a rant slash informational, uh, segment. So Going into, I guess, the infrasternal angles, ISA, you know, you might be seeing a little bit of this and you're kind of confused as to like, what even is an infrasternal angle, right? So to put it simply, infra being below, sterna beneath your sternum, so right below your sternum, and the angle basically from your ribs from like 7, 8, 9, 10, right? Basically, the the like very tip of that um, sternum bone or in the more fancier terms, the xiphoid process, right? That little tip there. It's what the angle is with your rib cage. Okay. So now that we established what <clears throat> that angle is, we need to kind of know like, all right, what is the difference between a wide and a narrow ISA, which is what a lot of people I think are drawn some, pretty wild conclusions to um as far as like how people are moving in certain absolutes and you shouldn't think of this in absolutes um just putting that out there so but a wide infrasternal angle would be with that angle being greater than 110 degrees theoretically um and this is information i'm getting from bill hartman so you can think of this as an analogy, more of like a hamburger or, you know, just a little bit more of a wider chested guy. You've seen some guys who have, you know, wider rib cages, usually pretty built upper bodies, right? Um, and they kind of walk around like they're, you know, kind of showboaty because of that's how wide they're, they're, the rib cages, right? Then you have the narrow ones. And the narrow guys, they're... You can use the analogies more like hot dog, but that's going to be less than 110 degrees, but sometimes even significantly more or less than that. Um, you know, but they're they're 
that's like the narrow versus wide biases. A lot of people are thinking this in absolutes, and I don't think that is something that people should do or even say like, hey, if you have a wide, then you should always do this. Or if you have a narrow, then you should always do this, which I don't even agree with that either, right? Because everyone is going to be kind of a little bit different. And just because you're given a label of how wide or how narrow your rib angles are, um, you know, it can be very confusing for, for someone who, you know, has no idea what's going on. And this is all information really for just coaches. So if you dumb up a player trying to talk to him about his infrastructure angle, blah, 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 this and this, then he's just going to be in the Superdome. And you don't want that at all, right? Um, now, to kind of get into this a little bit deeper from my understanding of it, at least, right? Um, so you can think of the compression or expansion of the ribs, um, decompression or compression, I should probably say. But you could think of like inside that rib cage, you have four different sections. Okay, you have an anterior side, you have a posterior side. You have a left and a right. Um, and you can kind of see like how just from a standard point of view, think of like um, inter-abdominal pressure whenever you're doing a deadlift or, you know, things like that, right? Uh, people talk about having all those points, you know, shifted out. So whenever you're breathing or whenever you're rotating, right, obviously you're going to have a lot of other slings, um, you know, obliques, intercostals that are going to be contributing to that compression or decompression, right? So that's like the standard just with someone just sitting or doing like a, a hinge or a squat or something like that without rotation, right? But obviously when you're throwing a baseball, you have compression and decompression happening all at once, several different sides, right? So if we think of this from a right-handed thrower, right? They're going to be coming up their glove side right? Or their left side, anterior and left side of their rib cage is at weight bearing foot plant is going to be compressed while the right side is going to be expanded and decompressed or, you know, that posterior side is going to be coming out, right? I'm just trying to paint a picture here. This is not, you know, again, absolute. This is just kind of like where someone's at weight bearing foot plant that I'm trying to describe. So, obviously, when you're going through the motion here, like even before you even get to weight bearing foot plant, that might even change. You might have some guys who have compression on that throwing arm, and then when they come up, then they have more of a decompression, more expanded ribcage, right? So, that's where I get confused with all this. It's like, hey, like you're never going to be truly wide or never going to be truly narrow the entire time because your ribs are going to be moving around. Now, yeah, you're going to have probably a lot more of that angle um, to kind of tell you, hey, like you're going to be more uh, rotational or you're going to be a little bit more linear, however you want to look at it, right? But that's that's where I get really frustrated with people whenever they say, oh, hey, when they speak in these absolutes, I'm like, these ribs are moving everywhere. And if, especially if a guy's mobile in this area, like 
not saying that the angle is going to change, but you can't speak in absolutes with this thing because you're you're drawing a conclusion from just something that you're observing on a therapy table or even in just an assessment video or whatever you're looking at, right? And saying, oh, this guy can only do this or he can only do that. I call bullshit, to be honest with you. Maybe I need a deeper understanding of this, right? But this is just kind of where I'm coming from, this whole impersonal angle, right? Because your actual skeleton needs to be adaptable to just move, right? Um, and a lot of this too, like you're going to have probably more bias depending on your your lifestyle or your your training implementation, right? Like if you're doing a lot of heavy squats, deadlifts, things like that, like you're probably going to bias a little bit more towards a wide one. If you don't do that and you do, you're, you know, just like Gumby, you might have a little bit more of a narrow one. I don't really know. I'm not going to speak in an absolute for that, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other stuff to be considering there, right? Like you also have like your guts and things like that and why, you know, certain lefties, that heart is shifted over to the left. I don't know if there's even a correlation with that. I'm just kind of talking out loud here. Uh, but what my point is, is that that angle doesn't tell the full story, right? Um, and even how you train them, if you're only training them to have like compression or decompression in these certain areas, then you're not training them to be adaptable athletes. Just point blank. Right now, hey, do you want to spend less time in certain things that they're already good at? Yeah, probably. But you shouldn't ignore something completely because then it becomes a weak link. Or if that's their strength, then their strength becomes more neutral and not necessarily a strength anymore. Right now, of course, you got some guys who have just like stupid T-spine extension. Um, and you don't want to necessarily crank them into that extension all the time. At that point, it's more of like strengthening with that range of motion, making sure that they have, um, you know, all that range. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of some of my thoughts on infrasternal angles. Obviously open to having a discussion about this if anyone wants to come on and talk in a little more detail from what they've researched. Feel free to hit me up. Let me know. But that's kind of uh, where I'm at with it. So that's the the zone of training, a zone of coaching that we kind of touched on today on infrasternal angles. Let me know if you guys like this. Share it. Even if you disagreed with it, it doesn't matter to me. The more controversy, the better, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this one and stay in the zone.